This is episode 91 of A Pot of Their Own. I am Allison McCaig, and I am joined this week by my lovely co-host, Linda Surovich. Hi, Linda. Hey, Allison. And Kellyanne Healy. Hello, Kellyanne. Hello, Allison. Hello, Linda. Hello. Hello. So before we get started on the Mets, um, I kind of figured I would do a slightly new thing. This is just like a very small thing, but I want to do it on the pod because I opened this beer. I usually podcast with a beer in my hand. Um, just because the vibes are immaculate, um, as Marcus Stroman can attest. Um, and this time, my beer is a new one that I've never had before, and the name of it is Bagel and Schmear. And I feel like that's very on brand, not only for me, but also for like many listeners of this podcast. And I just had to buy the this beer just for the can and the name alone. And the can art is elite. I tweeted it and you guys can look at it if you want. It's a bunch of like cartoon bagels, which is awesome. Um, And so I'm (laughs) going to taste it live on the pod and I'm going to give a short review. So I'm just going to take my first sip. This is delicious. So yeah, bagel and schmear by other half brewing. Go and get it. It's nice and hoppy, but it's also got a nice tropical undertone to it. Really, really juicy undercuts the hops. Uh, this is good stuff. It's a good hazy IPA. Go get it. Anyway, that's just a short aside. Um, but yeah, we we need some alcohol to deal with the Mets because um, every game, I think it was Gary said on the broadcast literally right before uh, I came in this room to record that every game is the same and it's scoreless in the fifth inning, which is what it is again, scoreless in the fifth inning um, because the Mets can't score runs at all, ever. Um, they managed to split two four game series with the Braves and Phillies in which there were two double headers in those series, but only because they walked off the Phillies twice. Um, but they're still having major issues scoring runs pretty much every game's one, nothing two to one. Like it's, it's getting to be a major problem and they have guys back now and they're still not scoring. So it's, it's a continued problem. I mean, it could be tired. (gasps) Yay, um, Yuri just got a hit. Uh, Conforto had already gotten a hit, so their old hitter was gone. <laughs> but they're, I mean, they have been playing an absurd amount of baseball, so they very well could be tired. It's just, I, it's just painful to watch, though. Well, it's I just mean, bad baseball. I mean, the guys- the guys coming off the IL should be a little less tired than the yeah. bench mob that's been getting, that's been put placed in a higher pressure situations and have been really the reason why the Mets are in the place they are right now. They're in first place with a slightly shrinking cushion, but still a small cushion. Um, But this, this, this offense is futile right now. If you look at the stats, they're almost dead last. in I think all of the major offensive stats right now, they're, they're definitely last in run scored them and the pirates. 
Yeah. <laughs> and the pirates are battling it out for last place. Uh, they aren't quite as low down the list when you look at like WRC plus OPS plus the weighted yeah. stats. They're they're still bottom third of the league, but more like twentieth. So not like awful. But you know they just can't hit not with great. runners in scoring position at all. They just and can't they're not hitting no home run runs position. either, and they're not hitting home runs. Um, yesterday aside, um. I mean, yesterday Wait, they, they hit, hit a home run. Yesterday, they hit two home runs. Yes, uh, yesterday, back to back. Well, Pete Alonso, Pete Alonso, and Billy McKinney hit back to back home runs. I was present at this very unfortunate baseball <laughs> game yesterday. Um, don't have to. <laughs> I talk did not about watch. It. Yeah, I mean, it was not worth watching. I mean, there was a moment where they got back close, and so it became a ball game at one point. I mean, Jared Eikhoff got absolutely massacred um by Kyle Schwarber and the rest of the Nationals as one would expect um and so I mean his first start Jared Eikhoff did decently well um not this time um basically every ball hit off him was either a home run or like a frozen rope that was caught on the warning track and so um he did not pitch well and so for a while it was like a pretty lopsided game um they never quite blew the doors off but it was like 5-1 for a while and then um and then Pete Alonzo and Billy McKinney hit back-to-back home runs. So it was five to four. So the Mets had gotten back within a run, but then, uh, yeah, that was short-lived because things happened. Miguel Castro happened. Another home run happened and it was eight to four by the end of the day. Um, so yeah, but on the whole, they are not hitting home runs very much. Um, and you know, Pete Alonzo, especially, even though he hit a home run yesterday, he's just not been hitting home runs. And um, his home road splits are like really, really stark, which is kind of weird, um, especially in the power department. I think his like slugging percentage on the road is like way lower or like way higher. Oh my it's God. way higher. It, way higher. Yeah. Sorry. Those sorry. stats are great. His home stats are. I mixed beautiful. it up. Yeah. His home I think stats. he only has one home run at home. It's more than one it's, now. I think it's I think it's three, three oh. or something. But it's it's not good. It's not because we were we were discussing it this morning in the comments. Hang on, let me go look. Um, but yeah, I mean, Conforto and McNeil have kind of not been hitting since they've returned, at least not consistently, I should say, um, which is a problem. Um, and they keep, they, they're clearly being careful with Conforto. Like they keep giving him days off a lot, um, which is fine. I get that you don't want to re-injure that hamstring. A hamstring injury is a pretty serious injury. Um, and that's what both of them are coming off of. Although Conforto's was a more serious injury than McNeil's, but you know, like it, they're desperate to score runs right now. And it's a problem when, you know, you don't, you finally have your regulars back, but they're half the time they're not in the lineup. So it's just kind of like, you know, but neither of them are hitting consistently. Um, Brandon Nimmo was supposed to be back today, um, but it's been pushed back to Friday. And what's definitely totally not a setback at all, guys, nothing to see here. Um, their usual shtick. It's like suddenly the guy is not back when they said he would be, but we promise it's not a setback. Um, so I don't know what's going on there, but he's, he's still on rehab. Like he's in theory coming back this week. Um, Tomas Nito and Jerry's familia are starting rehab assignments today. Um, we record this on Tuesday, June 29th. They're starting rehab assignments. Um, so they should be back from the IL as soon as both of them are eligible. And JD Davis, yes. would be happy to hear is starting rehab <laughs> assignment tomorrow and could there also is. return. 
um, <laughs> and, and could also return at the end of the week slash in early July sometimes. So like the reinforcements are still coming, but like even once they've gotten them back, they haven't hit. Hopefully, you know, once they get back to because basically like Nimo, Nito and JD, like once those guys are back, they're essentially at full health again, more or less. So they, they don't really have JD for lefties. They cannot they really do hit lefties to save their lives. It's basically yeah. Alonzo's the only threat. Um, yeah. And maybe Pilar. Kind and of. Al- Alonzo's, oh my, Alonzo's splits are worse than I thought. So at home, he has an OPS of 635, a WRC plus of 92. Um, and that's, those are just the sites, the, the two sets I'm going to cite here. And then away, his OPS is 950. His WRC plus is 156. So there is a (laughs) massive, massive split from um, his home stats and his away stats. Hopefully those will even out a little bit. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, you'd want to see that. I just, I can't explain that. Um, I usually like, it's hard to say. Usually you don't put much stock in home road splits, except when you have a, a, a park with extreme effects like cores. Um, I mean, City Field's a pretty, you know, offensive, hostile park as far as, like, hitting is concerned. It's not exactly a hitters-friendly ballpark, but, like, not to that extreme. Um, There's something going on there. I'm not sure what it is. Um, Like, those numbers are, like, regardless of how much stock you put in that, they are statistically significant. So I just just don't know what's going on there. Um, Is it something to do with the humidor? I have in the ball. I I have no idea. I mean, the whole thing is the Mets have been overall much better at home than they have been away. Yeah. I mean, the Mets definitely have won more games at home. So like, I don't know. I mean, the pitching, the pitching, the Mets have won on the back of their pitching. That's been true all year. And the pitching has been especially good at home. Well, haven't they played more games on the road so far this year? Yes, Probably. I believe that is the case. I think so, they're owed some home games. Like, yeah. So I'm just throwing things out there. The Maybe. Mets aren't the Mets aren't quite as far behind as far as total number of games played as they were. Like at one point, it was as much as ten. They like were ten games behind everybody else as far as number of games played because of the because of the very first series of the year being canceled and or not canceled but postponed and then various weather postponements but they finally caught up a little bit i think it's like four or five games now so the but they're still they're still behind yeah. everybody else i think they, they have, still have the least number of games played in baseball they um have i think well they they've played 39 games on the road and 35 at home so they have go. yeah they have some games to make up there yeah yeah so they have some games to make up. Um, oh, Tyler McGill just gave up a hit. Can we just blame the Nationals for everything, please? I, I mean, I'm open to that because I have now seen four. I have now seen four, uh, f- uh, four, five, four Mets Nats games at Nats Park, and three of them have been absolutely miserable. So the fourth one that was with me. Yes. And that was when Francisco Lindor had his really good game. And basically he carried the team by himself. Yes. Happy birthday to me on that one. Yes. Happy (laughs) birthday to Kellyanne on that one. The birthday mojo overcame, but I was at the game last night, which was horrific. I was at the game. Michael and I were at the game where they got walked off against the nationals, which was horrific. Um, And of course the nightcap of that double header on the Saturday was not good. Um, That was the game that Kazelman uh, pitched and hurt himself. Um, um, 
So, you know, like, it's just, I just feel like the overall, like, juju of me at Nats Park has been just awful since, like, I was at the Thor Torn Lat game. Oh, so I feel like Lord. ever since then, it's just been, like, highly cursed, and I just can't, like, good things can never happen when I'm at Mets Nats games at Nats Park, but it's like, that's, like, I can walk to the stadium, like, that is by far the easiest way that I can see the Mets play, so, like, I'm gonna keep going, but, like, God, it's been like, I remember we, we, we were walking back from the game last night and Michael was like, I think I need a break from being at this ballpark. Like, yeah, because well, it's, it's, it's such a bland. I mean, it's a, it's a ballpark. It's, yeah. It, it it's a ballpark. Have the well, that goes with everything else about the Nets. There's nothing original, original about them. It's very, Zero. it's very bland. And like, unlike the games that we went to, um, when Kellyanne was here, Michael and I, because it was kind of on a whim and it was a Monday night game and we knew it was maybe going to be Jared Eikhoff or something, we we bought chief seats for this one. And so when you're up in the upper deck, like we were, like when Kellyanne was here, we were by the visitors dugout. Oh, so, yeah. so there were a lot of Mets fans. There were no Mets fans where we were. And so it was just like, we oh. were surrounded and Gerardo Parra was in the lineup. So it was Baby Shark. Baby and Shark, I, yeah, and I wanted to murder myself. Um, it was just awful. And like, just like surrounded by fans who were calling Francisco Lindor Frankie and just like the, like all the stuff that I hate and it just was bad. And the, all the, like everything that that franchise do annoys me, like everything that that franchise does annoys me because they do the N A T S Nats, Nats, Nats. And it's like, you literally stole that too from somebody else. From the Jets. Everything, everything about that franchise is bland. And they have a mini green monster. I stared and I was like, this reminds me of the green monster at Fenway and I was like why everything about them is bland or repurposed or repurposed from somebody else it's just like they it's very frustrating well I tweeted about I put out a tweet saying the Nationals are the dumbest franchise in the league I said it so that started a thread and um fellow librarian Kate her handle is at librarian Kate said, I want to say the Nats are the white claw of baseball, but I realize some people <laughs> like white claw. So she goes, so the box line of baseball. And so I responded cheap and bland. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was great. And she gave us permission to use box line of baseball. So box podcast of baseball. Titles. I'm into line it. Of baseball. That is awesome. <laughs> I'm into Shout it. out to you, Kate. You are awesome. Shout out to Kate. She also joined the floral hat club. This She did. She yes. did. Um, we're starting a movement, the floral hat movement. The floral hat movement is strong, is yes. strong. Although when um, I was at City Field early in the year, there were a ton there too. I mean, yes. I don't want to take all the credit for it, but we I saw we, we saw one at Nats. I was gonna say we start we saw one at Nats Park. We did. We saw Nationals floral hats. They were no, not no, as cool no. as the Nats. No, no, no. no. I saw a Mets floral hat. Oh, yeah. Mets oh, yeah. Part. There was also a Mets one. I saw the, I was mentioning that they were selling the Nats version of the floral hats at the, at one of the, like, yes, little kiosks. Stands. And it was, was cool. not as cute. It was cool, but not as cute. It was cool, but not as cute. I, but I saw a Yankees floral hat on a train oh. one time. It was nice, but it was Yankees. So that, oh. y- you can't have a nice Yankees hat, no matter how floral, florally it is. Yeah. Floral-ish. Yeah. Um, no so matter yeah. the florality. <laughs> 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 
There you go. As I almost choke on my coffee. <laughs> oh God, sorry. Lady. <laughs> We've got Tyler McGill with first and third and two out in the bottom of the fifth. And Tyler McGill's been pitching great, but like, you know, the Mets once again have not scored any runs. So like they're not on. even making Charlie Morton work hard. No, no. they're not. It's just this the is, offense. Uh, Charlie is Morton is friggin' Cy Young up there every freaking time. This is just it's embarrassing, is what it is. I don't know if this is a historically bad offense, but this is, this is even like with the past June swoons, I think this is the worst offense that I have personally watched. And that is saying something because there have been some I feel like 2015 was worse bad, than this yeah. before Cespedes. I don't know. I mean, it's you, close. You, yeah, but at least you, that, like, you see, don't that, have an excuse anymore. Like, you were yeah, batting John thing. Mayberry fourth. You are not batting John Mayberry fourth. Yeah, in this like line. the whole thing in 2015, half the lineup was injured at that point. Like, Darno was out. I think Duda was out at that point. David Wright was out. Um, and Conforto, there's the home Conforto run. Yeah. No, don't say that. Yeah. No, game. Yep. Okay. There we go. Good cool. time to change the oh. channel. All right, I'm going to turn it off. I'm not. Oh, poor Tyler. I'm sure the umpire, I have screwed him, but. Oh. I mean, this is, isn't this is wholly unexpected. This yeah. is predictable. Like, I mean, I, know, I said it. But he was doing so well. Yeah, but I he's said not it, a major league pitcher. I said it in, like, when uh so when the Mets pulled within when the Mets pulled within one yesterday of the Nationals when the Nats got two guys on against against Castro and Ryan Zimmerman came in to pinch it I said here comes the three-run bomb literally yep. the next pitch literally yep. the next pitch are those I mean, just like moon animal penises <laughs> huh? or swords no are those swords or something because no sorry I just saw they have these uh, animal balloons or just you know the uh, the designy balloons in the Braves dugout, and like just at a first glance, it looked like a penis. And that's it's all probably, I'm gonna say. It's probably balloon swords. They, yeah, they make yeah. those. They make but... those. Just at first, like a quick glance. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I got a little unfamily friendly there. But it's at the point where whenever the other team scores more than like two runs, it's over. Yep. Yeah. Even so, I'm so tired of the narrative. Well, we're in first place. Well, that can change. And that like, is changing. It's right about now. to change. It's, it's about, about to change. change. Like if they if they don't stop losing, it's going to change really quickly. I mean, as we were leaving the ballpark, I heard multiple people talk about how they feel like the, the they meaning the Nationals feel like they're back in it. And why well, wouldn't the Mets single handedly let them back in? it? Why wouldn't yep. they feel that way? And like I saw a tweet from one of the talking chop writers who I really like. Dimitri Spell, I really like his writing. He's great. But he tweeted, like, uh, I think it was today or yesterday, like, normally I would say that, like, I don't like, you know, the Braves' chances in this series, but look at the pitching matchups. I think we can take two out of three because, like, and the only game he's, like, banking on the Braves losing is the game where DeGrom starts. And it's like, yep, sounds about right. Like, is DeGrom allowed to hit? Because they could very easily lose that one, too. Right. I mean, sure. But he's he, like, basically he's saying like, normally I wouldn't say this, but I like Atlanta's chances. It's like, yeah, the NL East realizes that the Mets are bad. Yeah. Because <laughs> like, even the Phillies could very easily swept the Mets very yeah. easily. Yeah. If their like, bullpen was not crap. Yeah. Like it's, I like, there comes a point where like they're in first place, like 
at what point does that is that no longer a comfort because we're like three days away from that not being true anymore yeah <laughs> so like the, uh, uh, then what are you gonna say about it and they're oh, all we're they're only, only one game out oh we're only two games two out. out oh it's not bad we're getting pieces back it's fine it's, it's not fine season. if they're gonna be like this that i mean at the, at the same time like they cannot stay this cold they cannot stay this freezing cold in theory in theory, in theory. I really hope they don't prove me wrong, but like at like some point, they very easily could be around. They very easily could be tired, but McNeil and Conforto have no excuse. Yeah, they haven't played <sighs> in a month. Yeah, it's just it's, the, the offense is really bleak. I just like the pitching is doing the best it can, and the pitching is more hurt than the offense at this point. Exactly in the season, and they're still doing okay like obviously jared eikoff got his butt handed to him yesterday whatever it is what it is like the fifth starter spot is going to be cobbled together until they can do something about it at the trading deadline we it's at the point where we've accepted that but like you know every every other start should be you know a quality starter close to it and that should be enough to win the game. And the Mets, you know, have the, the bullpen's had a few, a couple blowups. Every bullpen does, but on the whole, the bullpen's been extremely solid this year. So, like, and the pitching has sustained really devastating injuries of late. Like, yep. Familia is on the IL; he's coming back, so it's good. You know, Lucchese, Lucchese season's over. Gazelman's yeah. season's over. So, like, they've and Carrasco and Syndergaard haven't thrown a pitch all year, and yet the pitching staff has still been one of the best in baseball. And so if they even had a league average offense, think about the lead they'd have. Somebody said Gary said they would have a 15 game lead with just a league average. With just a league average offense. Yep. 15 game lead. That's what happened. uh, What year was it? Where the bull, was it 2019 where the bullpen lost 30, like blew 30 saves. Yeah. And like, if they had done not even done like, half of those or something yeah, yeah. it was the same the thing place. in 2019 except yep. with the bullpen, bullpen. Like, if they even had a league average bullpen given their starting pitching and given their offense they would have been fine this year it's the same but with the offense if they just had a league average offense they'd be way ahead none of the cogs seem to get together at the same time it's like Never. pitching and bullpen are good but then the offense is bad pitching and starting pitching and offense are good bullpen sucks like Come on! And also, again, this is when they were healthy in April. Yeah. And they did nothing. You could have built up a lead then. And you were healthy then. I don't want to hear, like, I don't know. Like, I don't want to hear, like, they can't possibly keep doing this when, like, this is all I've seen from this group. Exactly. I haven't seen this group do what it's capable of yet, and we're almost halfway through the year. So at what point does it become, this is just what they are? Yeah. I don't know. Like, like, I I keep bringing up the 2015 Nationals. Everybody thought, like, on paper, they were the best team. They were giving them the division at the beginning of the year before they ever played a game, and they just never clicked. They just never got going. But they also kind they also collapsed at the end of July when when they came to us. Oh, that was stupid decisions by Matt Williams, really. So I don't see. I don't think. I don't know. See that that collapses. But they let um, the Mets hang around. They the let the whole Mets, they let the Mets hang the Mets around. But off. they but they had this collapse that I feel like the Mets are having right now, but it's in the middle of the year. So there's a chance to come back from it. 
Well, because the Mets are letting the rest of the NL East hang around just like the Nationals did. Ugh. Yep. And, and because like, the, we saw the Phillies bullpen, they're god they're awful, and they're still in it. How I mean, is yeah, the, team the with NL that East, bullpen still in it. The NL East is bad, and like people keep saying that as a comforting thing, but it's kind of a cold comfort because all it makes me think every time you say that is how big of a lead we should have. Yeah, and the Mets are bad too. Yep, the Mets. You're gonna are need bad. that lead. You're gonna need that lead. Like you build a big lead so that you don't have to worry about it when things go wrong. They didn't build the big lead when their schedule was easy. <sighs> nope. And now all well, they do is play these teams. Well, and there, gonna there's say- going to come a time soon. I forget what stretch it is, but they're going to play like Dodgers, Giants, Dodgers, like back to back to back. I'm pretty sure that's like in right like, after the all-star break. In, yeah. In like three weeks. That's well, they do get the they, Pirates right before, the, right after the yeah, All-Star break. Get, no, they're getting the Pirates. They're getting another bad team, too. Like, it's that that team and then the Pirates right before the All-Star break. So, in theory, they have a very large chance to do well and kind of regain some of their cushion there if they don't lose it in the next week or so. I really don't understand why Lindor goes down on one knee to hit a pitch. Do you really think you're going to hit a ball while you're on one knee, dude? His, his, his swing is just so like bad right now. Like really, you really thought you were going to do something with that pitch while you were kneeling on the ground. He has one of the, he's one of the few Mets actually hitting this month. I know. Right. He has like a 119 WRC in June. That's good, but not great. It's it's basically him and Pete that have decent numbers in June. Yeah. It's no one else. No one else. I just want my goof back. I'm getting real tired of every single person in this lineup. <laughs> I need my goof. I need his vibes. Yeah, it's it's ugly. Anyway, what's uh what's uglier than the actual um Mets uh play on the field? is, um, you know, at the end of the Mets-Phillies series, the Advocates for Minor Leaguers tweeted a comparison of how the Phillies organization treats their minor leaguers versus how the Mets uh, treats their minor leaguers and kind of basically said, like, which organization would you rather play for? Um, And in that comparison, it showed that the Phillies, like, pay uh, a housing stipend to their minor league players at every level whereas the Mets do not play pay a housing stipend to their minor league players at any level um and also the Phillies um pay their minor leaguers a salary for extended spring training whereas the Mets do not pay that um so needless to say this is absolutely inexcusable um that the Mets aren't doing the absolute bare minimum now we mentioned this last week we talked about minor leaguers and fair pay last week the solution to this is for every organization to pay its minor leaguers a living wage period period no team does right now like they got a raise right before the start of the season major league baseball you know raised the minimum required to pay minor leaguers by teams but still unless you're like a triple a player like repeating the level you're making that those are the only people making above poverty wages everyone else is making like below the poverty level wages and so they can't afford housing unless you supplement (laughs) unless you give them a stipend because otherwise housing is going to be like 80 percent of their salary the Mets don't do that so that and that's just that's ridiculous at this I could see that under the will ponds just because the will ponds are the will ponds but now you have a multi-billion dollar owner 
who can easily change this and actually could be leading this change too. Steve Cohen is literally the richest owner in the sport. Yes. Inexcusable. One of of the richest owners in all of sports. Any sport, any of the major American sports. This is inexcusable. And he could probably make, he can make these changes from top to bottom very easily without breaking the bank. That's the other thing. Yeah. We said it last week. It would cost $6 million for a team to pay its minor leaguers a living wage. $6 million. That's a drop in the bucket for Steve Cohen. That is money that he loses on the stock market in a single day and doesn't even blink an eye. In a single hour, probably. In a single yeah, hour. Probably. Like, that is that is nothing to him. That is, I think it, Michael said it, that is money that he would drop on the street and not even bend down to pick up. He would just nope. keep walking. Like, that is how little this matters to Steve Cohen. And it is unacceptable that the Mets are not leading the charge here. They should be leading the charge here. And fans need to hold Steve Cohen accountable for this. It's not just about, but, uh, like, paying free agents and giving Lindor his extension, all those things, they should do those things. They should, they should spend money to win baseball games, but this is something that fans need to hold Steve Cohen accountable for. I am sick of seeing the like uncle Stevie simps on Twitter, give him a pass for stuff like this. I'm done. Do not give him a pass for this. Please keep holding his feet to the fire for this. This is just also building a solid system from the, your roots up onto the top, start treating them better when they first come and you're going to have happier candidates and and players when they reach the major leagues. It's the right business decision and it's the right human decision, period. Ridiculous. (sighs) I mean, we we have a piece going up about this uh, soon on Amazing Avenue. Myself, uh, Thomas Henderson, and Michael wrote a piece about this. that should be going up. That's just an opinion piece about how fans should be absolutely outraged by this. Um, and we will continue to yell about it because the fact that the Mets in particular, obviously like no teams in angel here, um, including the Phillies, even though the Phillies are doing more than the bare minimum, which is more than what the Mets are doing. But uh, until before the, um, before the minimum salary was raised by the league, the only team paying their minor leaguers above what was then the minimum salary was the Toronto Blue Jays. That was the Canada. only team. Yeah, because they're based in Canada. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that was literally the only team. And and it's not like, again, like it's, they were paying them, like they gave them like a 50% raise, which when you take 50% of the paltry amount they're making is not much of a raise at all, but it's still more than what the rest of the teams were doing. But again, like this is all the bi- absolute bare minimum. We should be paying minor leaguers a living wage across the board. And it would be very, a drop in the bucket for all these franchises, not just Steve Cohen, but Steve Cohen in particular has no excuse because he's the richest of all of them. And well, it's such a, it's such a simple, seemingly simple change to make. Very easy. To finance. Just do it. Yeah. Well, also, also I, they had but, that with the Wilpons had that weirdo, rule where the minor leader leaguers couldn't use their fancy new oh god the clubhouse yeah Yeah. and now cohen did make the change that they can only got rid of that yeah but so he's been paying attention to the minors like you know like they were experiencing some fucked up stuff but that's where you stopped like he's not, not yeah, he's not ignorant. He can't claim ignorance here. And like obviously the clubhouse thing was 
silly, but that's mostly like an aesthetic symbolic sort of thing. You know, like it's very symbolic of how the Wilpons thought of minor league players and how they thought of players in general. Let's be real um, of the fact that you have to like earn your keep rook sort of shit. But again, like in the end, that's a symbolic thing. This is like actually, you know, pay for your employees to not be homeless thing yeah this you is can, like basic human decency human stuff. decency you can have them earn their keep by what by and also pay them a living wage yeah like pay this is literally about human dignity this goes beyond like you know oh what can they use the fancy clubhouse this is like basic human dignity i mean stuff. we're 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 not asking them to get paid the the major league minimum of i think it's five hundred fifty thousand yeah, dollars a year sixty thousand no. or something like that it's just you know a regular living salary yeah literally like just pay them like so they don't have to worry about so they don't have to worry about what food they have to eat where they have to sleep like so they don't have to take on a second job to or second i think some have taken on second and third jobs just to you know make ends meet and I mean, there are reports of, I think we covered this last week a little bit, but there were reports, this isn't specifically out of the Mets organization. This was actually out of the Orioles organization, but there but there were reports of players sleeping in their cars because they learned, literally couldn't afford housing. There were reports of, you know, like fundraisers, like basically GoFundMe's being started for players to be able to afford housing. This is cruel and inhumane. This is like, you know, it goes beyond like, you know, stuff that isn't right. This is like, you are denying these these players basic human rights. Housing is a right, a basic human right. I mean, not who was the minor leaguer also that posted a couple weeks ago the food they get there, where it yeah. was like utter. Oh, it was like fire fest shit. It was like a, a like I. They I don't was... serve that in cafeterias at schools, and they serve second rate food at in cafeterias at schools. So that's not great. I mean, it was it's Ty Kelly that tweeted the like deli sandwich that had like two slices of cheese and like a slice of beef on it. It was like the saddest thing I've ever seen. It was like Firefest. It really was. Just um, bad. Just so bad. yeah. I mean, there's there's just no excuse for that. There's absolutely no excuse for that, and we will keep yelling about it. Um, that's inexcusable, and the Mets should be ashamed. Yes. Um, well, they. So- Base, major, not yeah. just the Mets, baseball should be ashamed. Oh, yeah, yeah absolutely. Mets are not the only, the only one on this one. Yeah, absolutely not. They, but they are the ones with the richest owner. So, yes. the fact and they're, that they're, and they're not they're the ones the that charge, can, they can, they're the ones that can make the easiest change, easily make the change most easily. Oh my gosh, I can't speak tonight. Uh, yeah, again, leading the charge, leading the charge on this. That's as simple as it gets. Yep. So, we will keep yelling about this. Um, amongst other things (laughs) amongst other things um so in other like more baseball wide news um we have a few things to cover um firstly we're just gonna talk about this really fast because it just it just happened like right before we started recording and right now it's just one report it's not confirmed there needs to be more digging into this um but and this is tmz you know tmz is often you know tmz is a tabloid but they're often right um So TMZ reported that um, a woman has accused Trevor Bauer of assault. Um, So that is a thing. (laughs) Uh, But he claims it was just, quote, rough consensual sex. Um, So, yeah. 
which I, that, that makes me curious as to why it was phrased as assault when it's yeah. it's from that it could be construed as sexual assault or rape or straight up rape right right so we'll we'll see yeah Again, he's holding he's, on that one for more information holding it for more information he's under investigation he adamantly denies these claims Though she got a restraining order she sought a restraining and, order and against success- him she successfully got it right uh, yeah, yeah, sought, sought and, obtained. and obtained. Yeah, an order for protection from the court under the Domestic Violence Prevention Act. Um, so I'm so assuming that, this was in Los Angeles, right? Had to have been. Yeah, yeah, earlier today in LA. Oh, okay. Yeah. So that is still developing. Um, you know probably want to know more information before we talk about it in any greater depth but we will be on top of this i mean for sure you know like if you just look at his record if you just look at his record i don't think one can really be surprised that this has come up no No. i literally tweeted connection to him yeah i put it's almost like attacking women online was a warning sign that literally nobody cared about literally over and over again women speak out and warn people that these men are dangerous and no one listens and, no and one then listens. they do and then they do something really horrible and violent yeah it's like we're Shocking. trying to tell you and like clockwork yep nobody listens like and it's just like i'm get like i'm just getting intense flashbacks to all these all these dudes in my mentions like when i back when we were like peak like back when it was you know a threat that the Mets were gonna sign Trevor Bauer and I I was tweeting about you know how horrible all these things he's done is and like I'm just getting intense flashbacks to men being like I don't get it like what what has he done that's so bad I don't Mm -hmm. understand like this is this is what it leads to like this nobody is shocked by that I mean granted it hasn't been confirmed or whatever but Nobody is shocked that this is where this no ended. woman is. Shocked. No. no woman. No yeah, that's non-man very true. is shocked by. Yes, this. <laughs> <laughs> we should probably clarify that. No woman is shocked that this is where all this led to. Like, and he clearly got away with it too. Yep. He got his big contract. He got the attention he ordered. He made he made a big production out of it. He got you know he got the Met fans all riled up. So he he got it. He got everything he wanted and then some. So why wouldn't he stop attacking women? Not to mention was one of the reasons all this pine tar nonsense is happening right now. And good God, it's it's gone beyond. Like that's that's another story. Like surely this will develop further and we'll bring this up again on the podcast when we know more details. But like if you read that Sports Illustrated piece oh, about God, how yes. he approaches relationships. Yes. He's a how psychopath. are you surprised by this? This dude is a psychopath. Gross. I still want to know gross. who these women are that Sandy Alderson spoke to who thought signing him was a good idea. I am still heated at Sandy Alderson. He does not yeah. get a pass here. No. His no. agent, probably. We have probably. We have not forgotten that that Trevor Bauer was Sandy Alderson's guy that he wanted. Yep. We will not forget. <laughs> I was going to say, me, we will so not was Mickey Calloway. So was Jared Porter. So oh, was Trevor God. Bauer. We will not forget. 
I wonder what all those dudes have in common. I hope he at least quietly retires this offseason. How's if that investigation get... into the Mets work culture going? Yeah. yeah. Well, they hired a lawyer and have procedures, so everything's fine. Mm. Yikes. Yeah. Um, so speaking of pine tar, since Kellyanne brought it up, oh, God. Um, <laughs> we have our first player who's been disciplined under this new policy. Um, so it's a former Met, actually. Um, <laughs> of course, Hector, it's always a Met. It's always a Met. There's always a Mets connection. Um, former Met Hector Santiago was the first player to be disciplined for sticky substances. Um, his glove was taken from him during a game the other day. Um, and like, really, they really made a big production out of it. They like put it in a bag and everything. Like they were on like some sort of police procedure. CSI. Um, CSI MLB. Yeah, CSI MLB. Uh, that's our new series. CSI MLB. Um, <laughs> and they put it in a bag and like sent it for further testing. But apparently like, so he, so today we learned that he was suspended for 10 games, but they also said, and what was sort of a confusing thing, Jesse Rogers of ESPN tweeted per source, the league didn't need to inspect Santiago's glove any further. The, eje- the ejection and discipline are based on the umpire's report of having detected a foreign substance, which is absolutely nuts. Like really, they just like looked at the glove and decided it was a foreign substance. And just based on their judgment, he receives a 10 game suspension. He is obviously appealing. <laughs> well, because because that's Ken, ridiculous. Ken Rosenthal also mentioned that I think there's a rule in that memo that says you can't have rosin in the glove. Yeah, no, he, which is the he most... was confused about where he could put the rosin or he put it on the wrong hand or something. Well, he said so he like, just... always like basically just pats his the inside and the outside of his hand yes. on the rosin bag. And he didn't know like it's very weird because but, but, like, like that's never been it. I mean, obviously the sticky stuff as a whole has never been enforced until now. But like this is whole, like way where the rosin goes has also never been enforced once. And I mean, to, to say that you can't get, you can't put rosin in your glove. Your hand is going naturally into your glove after you've covered it in rosin. So what are some pitchers supposed to do? Just tip their pitches entirely? I, it's just, it went too far in the other direction. I mean, I understand spider tack. I understand pine tar getting banned, but a blanket ban on everything is just ridiculous. And you're asking for a lot of trouble. We've seen a lot of trouble already. You're asking for pitchers to get injured, which thankfully that has not happened yet. It's just, it's a mess. Like as I, with most rule changes, Santiago claims uh, he claims that it was just, you know, rosin and sweat that he was using um, and that there was nothing else. And it's like, you know, when they when they made this big deal out of bagging the glove, you thought that like the obviously they ejected him from the game. And I, there's really no way to like do that other than umpire's discretion. I kind of get that that kind of has to be up to the umpire's discretion because it's an immediate decision that has to be made. But when it comes to actually suspending a guy under this policy, one could see how you bag the glove, you send it out to a lab for a test, you you give it to a chemist, you have the chemist decide what the nature of the substance is that's on the glove. Like these aren't hard tests to run. But instead, they're just like, well, the umpires decided, so we're going to suspend this guy for 10 games. Like, on what grounds? Like, if I'm the union, I'm furious about this. Like, where's Tony Clark? <laughs> Clearly, they, they, this is, they're flying by the seat of their pants, basically. Like, they had no, they had no plan. Clearly, 
they're just like, well, in two weeks, we're going to start doing this and the umpires are going to have to figure it out. And like, they've I guess, been so good so far this year. Yeah. And I guess they thought that like this threat and big show was enough and that they were never going to find anything. They're like, oh, shit, we actually caught a guy. What do we do now? Yeah. <laughs> like, Although- it's like they hadn't thought that far in advance. <laughs> but I also think the other thing is it's just so demeaning for the players to have it done publicly. I mean, if you're going to do this and have them inspected, at least do it maybe in the clubhouse, not like right on the field in front of everybody. So you have pitchers pulling their pants down. But if you down, wait until you get in the clubhouse, they can hide something. They can hide it. Well, um, unless you have an umpire escort them down. I guess. I mean. Well, what uh, if like ridiculous. I'm not saying like go right in the clubhouse. I mean, just like at the edge of the clubhouse, out of sight of like the fans and the cameras. But it's also ridiculous. Like they had a, like, I forget who, what team it was. Like, I think it was the, it might've been the Phillies actually. They had a position player pitching and he got checked. Jesus. <laughs> I mean, they said I, I, position was, players were going to be checked. They said position so, players were going to be checked. There was a knuckleballer checked today. Mickey Janice well, was Mickey checked. Well, Mickey Janice yes. was checked in the Orioles game. And it's like, it, that was like double demeaning because not only was it a knuckleballer and it's like, guys, it it would literally defeat the purpose for him to use spider tack. He had just given up like six runs in like two innings. And they were like, and we're going to check you. <laughs> and for the, for those that may not be like pitch, pitching aficionados and not know like the differences between balls, a knuckleball has no spin on it. Literally, by yeah, you don't want spin. spin. Go look up an R.A. Dickey GIF. You, it, it's the most fascinating thing, but a, a knuckleball has no movement on it whatsoever. If you use spider tack, you actively make your knuckleball worse. Worse. <laughs> oh, Lord. The whole thing is just, it's well, just and I mean, I, there have been articles, I think it was by Rob Arthur. Um, yeah. He wrote that the spin rates are way, way down, like mm-hmm. incredibly down, like not even like, like, oh, this could be an anomaly. Like, And shockingly like, enough, yeah. the Dodgers have the biggest decline. And the Reds had the biggest decline after Bauer. Of mm-hmm. any, of any sure MLB team. Sure, it's a coincidence. And But that that said, like, even if you take Bauer out of the equation, it's still, like, they still have one of the biggest drops. So it's like, it's not just him. He's a big part of it. But it's not just him. It's, yeah, yeah. And we talked about this. Like, it's, I mean... We talked about this. It's it's organization. This is sanctioned by organizations. Let's not pretend that this is all on the pitchers. Like organizations are encouraging and sanctioning this. So this this is clearly at least on the Dodgers part and maybe some other teams that are collectively having a curious drop in spin rate. Like this is organization wide cheating. So. I mean, the, the, I think the other thing is that we're seeing those numbers drop is because it's a blanket ban on everything, everything, every yeah. single thing, which again, to me is ridiculous. You're asking for hand injuries and blisters galore that way. So I'm hoping that maybe this rule is adjusted just maybe a little bit. Yeah. Come up with lot. something that's that, like, like league wide. Yeah. Like just just say like spider tack and pine tar are pan- banned. That's it. Everything else it's like, is like or come up with something. Say here yeah. you go. This is acceptable. Right. Like it's not hard. They already provide the rosin bags on mm-hmm. the mound. So like they've proven that there's like a thing you can use to assist grip 
that's standardized across the league that they can provide. It's just that the pitchers clearly feel that it's not enough. And so Mm -hmm. just, you know, go one step further, say that this is like, we've created this like lab made mix of rosin and sunscreen or rosin and some sort of liquid. And we've made it into this substance and it's called MLB tack and just give it to everybody. (laughs) And that's the only thing you can use. If it's not MLB tack, it's illegal. Yes. But you know, also, it did seem that the Dodgers have the biggest decrease. Drop. Um, and, you know, spider tag is obviously cheating. We've yes. established this. So that means the past few World Series winners are all illegitimate. The Red Sox, the Astros, the Dodgers. It's like they were what? all cheating in some yep. way. It's like so messy yeah it's just messy just messy baseball has no control over its own product and then they like to pretend they do and then they make a bigger mess out of everything like they didn't punish the astros i mean it's now they're making a mess of this thing it's cora never got punished hinch never got punished stains baseball in yet another way as I, I see, mean, Hector Santiago for his unconfirmed whatever rosin, like, rosin. rosin has already gotten more punishment than any single Astro has ever gotten. Ugh. Yep. It's ridiculous. Yep. This rule is ridiculous, and I hope it gets called out in the CBA negotiations. Oh, that's going to be ugly. I mean, this is going to be fun this offseason. It's there's going to be a strike. There, there is no strike. It's just what, which is another reason why I circling back to Mets. Another reason why I get so pissed when they perform so poorly. Yeah. It's like, this is your, like, this is, they didn't have the, they had the COVID shortened season and like, you know, everything got screwed up last year. And now, and now you the, like, this might be the last like normal, somewhat normal baseball season we get for a while. So like, this is your chance. And like, You're please it. don't screw it up because yeah. we might get a strike next year and we might not have a goddamn baseball season. So like, and you're wasting Jacob DeGrom. You're wasting Lee. DeGrom's prime. Another year of DeGrom's prime gone. And then next year there's going to be a strike. Ugh. So come on. God, that hurts my heart. I know. Right. Um, one last like baseball note that we should mention um, is that happened today is that Tyler Skaggs, family is suing the angels for negligence in the pitchers 2019 death. Um, so they are um, the lawsuit specifically names um, former communications director, Eric K and his predecessor, Tim Mead saying that the team and Mead failed to properly supervise Eric K um, who was a known longtime opioid addict and provided drugs to Skaggs and other angels players. Um, so that's a developing story, but just, you know, that's, that's been an unfolding tragedy for years now. And clearly the, the team bears some level of responsibility for what happened um, and hopefully they are held to account for this because it's absolutely awful and tragic. And you have to think the angels do something. They were these were your employees. Well, look who is at the. Well, okay, this is not the. No, this is this is the baseball side of things. You have Joe Madden at the head right now. I mean, I don't think he was he wasn't the manager when Skaggs passed no. away, but. Look at the organization as a whole right now and who they've hired. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, And how long it took them to fire Mickey Callaway. I mean, it's just, it's an organizational culture that needs to change from top to bottom again. And you could probably say that about 
almost, I would speculate again, heavy speculation about most of the MLB clubs have a poor working culture. Yep. That allows things like this to happen. Yep. Uh, Baseball is a mess. Baseball is a mess and people need to be held accountable for what they do, what they say, these dumb rule changes and least of the problems, bad strike calls. I can't stand the umpires right now. Yeah. I mean, Sorry. We've, that's we've, again, that's just on the field though. We've had a whole segment about how bad umpiring has been this year and that has not yeah. changed at all. No. Um, but yeah. And, active, just... and actively giving them more power, especially with the, with the substance, illegal substances is another. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, it's not good. That's and... another bad. No. That's, that, that's a judgment call. Well, and then and they had, they've had like what a month. To prepare themselves yeah, for it, it yeah, like, even again, if they like, do something wrong, can you blame oh them? God. Yeah, you can't really blame them because they've basically if expected them to enforce this with next to no preparation at all. Yeah, and with really kind and of no guide- on the hazy guidelines, hazy yeah. guidelines, no at guidance best. at all. So it's kind of like yeah. Well, so them like pantsing Sergio Romo on the field isn't their fault. <laughs> Sergio Romo pants himself. To be clear. Yes. But then you, or then you have, I know they're supposed to be like no checks in bad faith, but you had Joe Girardi last week, uh, made, make the umps check shirts are. Yeah. It's game. Which is just ridiculous. Yeah. But at the same time, um, what was I going to say? Totally lost my train of thought. Umpires, Sergio Romo, Girardi. Nope. It's gone. That's okay. You know, if you think of it, you can chime in. Yeah, I'll just blur it out. But the umpires, but the umpires. <laughs> um, but yeah, this this episode turned out angrier than I was expecting. But there's a lot to be frustrated about with baseball right now. But we've we will, made it to the rage phase. But we will end the show like we always do with walk off wins, where each of us talks about something that is making us happy this week baseball related or otherwise so kellyanne healy what is your walk-off win for this week? my walk-off win is actually from a week and a half ago when i visited washington dc hosted by our lovely allison mccaig and her boyfriend michael yes um, they took me out to the ball game took me out to the ball game my walk-off um, win last week and it's kellyanne's walk-off win this week yes just, uh, just especially that first game where Francisco Lindor hit two home runs and Allison and I screamed happy birthday to Jacob DeCrom and got the most reluctant wave back. Which was amazing. <laughs> Which was amazing that he acknowledged it at all. So, um, yeah, that was just, it was a wonderful, wonderful weekend to spend some time with great friends, to watch baseball. It was just a fantastic weekend. Learning yeah. about the DC Metro, which was, I think the Met- DC Metro is probably the best one I have been on, which is not saying much because I think the only subway I've been on is is in the cities. But DC Metro is so nice and clean and big and pretty. Yeah. D- <laughs> one thing I will give DC is they have very functional public transit and yes. I love them for it. Linda oh Cervich. But the umpires, I remembered what I wanted to say. Oh, yes. <laughs> Right on cue. Linda Surovich, what were you going to say? <laughs> um, how these checks are supposed to be random, but like 
who decides what inning they check the pitchers? Like, does that come from the league? Do the pit, do the umpires before the game say, Hey, I'm going to check the ground in a second. Like, I think the umpires probably decide it. Unless you so have, like in the course of the a, game, they're like, oh, fourth inning seems like a good time. Or I don't it, like the way that very much seems checked. that way to me. I think it's least. I think it, I think it's mandatory after the first inning, and the, I can't remember what the memo says, but I believe it is mandatory after the first inning, and then the second one I think is at the umpire's discretion, and then a manager can challenge it at any point. But um, Derek Cole wasn't checked until the third inning one game. Okay, then maybe I'm just nuts. It's entirely possible. Um, yeah. But I started, I don't know if I finished the tangent because someone walked in the room <laughs> when I was in the middle of it, so I had to mute my mic. Um, like, Girardi had the challenge the other day, and you could totally argue that that was a bad faith Oh, it absolutely challenge. was. And oh, that, yeah, was. that is specifically against the rules. That's like the one thing you're not supposed to do except again the umpires can decline that challenge they didn't and it it clearly got to Scherzer which is did what it was supposed to do it's just like it's ridiculous this whole rule yeah yeah and that's all I have to say sorry to interrupt the only thing I want to know is who comes up with the randomness that's all that's all I want to know that's my only question the umpires (laughs) because they're not random enough to begin with I guess so because that's just another thing they have to deal with. It's like marked down. Well, in the third, we're going to check him. In the second, we're going to check him. Then if they bring in a reliever, we got to check this guy. And then if he pitches two innings, then we'll check him then. But it's like... <laughs> we got to check some position players too. Yeah, we'll randomly check Michael Conforto as he comes running in. Like, I don't know. Especially the ones who pitch. Oh my God. Yeah, like, do you check the catcher while he's sitting in front of you? Like, do you pat him down? Like... Oh my God. And the rookie. Oh my God. I felt so bad for Tyler. His first start. That was ridiculous. I know you're all excited walking off the field. And it's like, well, show me your pants. Show me those pants. Show me those (laughs) pants, pants, pants yourself in the middle of the public right here. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm the crowd glad, is giving you a standing ovation. Was giving him a standing ovation. And then immediately Whoa, went did to McCann booze. just go yard. Did he? Shh, wait, oh, wait. Sorry. <laughs> oh, yes, no. Yes, yes, it'll be time if he did. I did it! <laughs> yes, tied. Oh, Sorry. my God. McCann was so overdue. I mean, like, I no. love this team again. <laughs> <laughs> I hate the Mets. I love the Mets. See, no, that's, that was literally me on Twitter. I'm like, I'm so mad at the Mets. No, wait, I love the Mets. And that's, honestly, that's the feelings Mets fans go through in a span of a game, like, at least five times. I hate this team. I love, I love this, this team. team. I hate this team. I would die for this team. <laughs> but, oh, my God, I hate this team. Oh, my God. <laughs> So, All right. I delayed with my uh, my flirting of the umpire. <laughs> so we got a happy moment. Linda stalled for time, and we I were get some that's... live reacts on the pod. McCann's home run is actually Linda's walk off win. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Linda, no. what's your actual walk off win for this I week? I do legitimately have a walk off win. <laughs> um, I mentioned it uh, last week that we were having animals at the library. And this was like the first big program we've done since 2019. So I was freaking out about how it would go. I mean, I've worked with this this group before and I, I, they're very super nice. 
Um, like I said, I got to snuggle the kangaroo the last time they were there. Um, but then I kept looking at the radar, looking at the radar, and it was like 20% chance of rain at one o'clock when the when the show was supposed to start and it was outside so we could spread out. So I was like 20% and then they're like, Oh, and then at like four 30, it jumped to 50%. I was like, Oh, we'll be done. It'll be fine. I was like, oh, yeah, cause we were going to bring them upstairs into the community room if it rained, but they could, they came and I was like, no, no, you can set up. It'll be fine. At quarter to one, the skies opened up, but, um, but you could tell it was going to be a quick moving shower. So it rained for just like 10 minutes. And then, and then they did their, their program and, um, it, it was just cloudy. It was very, very muggy. Um, but you just kind of felt a mist, which actually kind of helped because they cooled you off because it was so <laughs> muggy. Um, and then just as they got all their animals back in their van, the skies opened up again. So it actually worked out really well. Um, and we got about 75 people, which I was really happy oh, that's with. A lot. Yeah, that's ex- excellent. And considering the weather was a little iffy and, you know, p- parents still, you know, a little wary about masks and COVID mm-hmm. and everything. I was very happy with the turnout. And um, while well, she was she has a tortoise and a hare, <laughs> well, it's a bunny, but they say the tortoise and the hare to like make it very related. Um, and during her presentation, she said she's been hearing from parents a lot that kids are having trouble making friends right now and because they just don't have that interaction and so she was like the tort the her her tortoise and her bunny are best friends she's like i can't i literally can't separate them because they would get too upset if we separated Uh. them and she was like and you know she was like these two don't look alike they don't speak the same language but they're best friends and she was like all you need to do is be kind and you can and that's a good way to make friends and i was like oh that's such like a nice message like using a bunny and a tortoise about how how to make friends especially now so that was really i thought really sweet um i got to pet them i got to pet some goats um she had a macaw and the macaw was a big hit because he can speak a hundred words. <gasps> oh and, my gosh. And so then she was like, what do you want? And he goes, cracker. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. So he was a big hit with the kids. They all go, <laughs> and then she had an alligator too. And she said, She's like, I'm not afraid of any of my animals. She goes, I love all my animals. I can take care of my animals. And she goes, but I'm afraid of the alligator. And so she goes, because he's going to grow. He was a little, little baby. And she was like, but he could grow to over six feet. And she goes, and he can seriously injure. And she was like, um, alligators are reactionary. So if you put him, like, if you release him back into the wild, he'll immediately know what to do. Unlike other animals who've been domesticated or who haven't been in the wild, they can never be reintroduced, but alligators can. And um, she said he was found in somebody's house and he hadn't been fed in two months. Oh, God. (sighs) And so she was like, she's like, people think like, oh, He's oh, like, I could keep these guys as pets. Yeah, no. yeah. So that's what how that's how she gets her animals is when people find yeah. like them in like houses and stuff. She comes and rescues them, and then she keeps them and like takes care of them. But then a lot you just can't re reintroduce into the wild. But yeah. 
you know, but other than that, like, you know, she had hissing cockroaches too. PSA, do not keep wild animals as pets. No, no, no. Yeah, definitely not alligators. I was going to say, Lynn, what was your favorite animal? That I saw that day? Yes. Oh, there's the kangaroo, but he was all grown up, so I couldn't snuggle him. But that's adorable, though. Yeah, he, but she had him like in a little enclosure and he was like hopping. I got to see him hop. Oh, <laughs> that's awesome. So yeah, I did not, like uh, the one woman came up to me and she's a very good patron. I know her and her daughters from coming in. She goes, my daughters weren't too impressed, but she goes, but I love the kangaroo. She goes, how often <laughs> do you get to see a kangaroo? Right? Yeah. <laughs> it's just like the novelty of it is yeah. so awesome. So that was our summer reading kickoff and love PSA again. Go to your libraries over the summer. Oh, oh, wait, wait, don't say it. I'm like three seconds behind you. Oh, damn it. (gasps) Yes, 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 yes. Okay, double, double, ground rule double, I think. Okay, okay. I thought it went out. Anyway, ground rule double. Uh, Yeah, no, PSA, go visit your libraries and go Go see animals. Yep, go visit your libraries, find out more about animals, check out your libraries programs because I'm sure... They will have animal perms or also lots of fun summer events. So and check out books about animals. Learn about them because they need to take care of this planet. And guys, the best thing about all this is it's free. It's free. It's free. You don't have to pay a dime. Libraries are free and it's awesome. Take advantage, people. Mm -hmm. You guys, I we have to we have to do a live pod of something for a second so <laughs> oh Noah Syndergaard oh my god yes I just saw this oh my okay. god okay oh, no so <laughs> Noah Syndergaard just tweeted meanwhile check out my book club oh my god a link to the TMZ <laughs> report of Trevor Power <laughs> he's savage oh my god Noah takes no prisoners I feel like I need to screenshot this tweet because it might go away I was gonna say he but- might delete it but also, this makes me feel like, oh my god, this is like more true than we think, right? If yes. a baseball player is commenting on it, ah, uh, uh, that's that's well, Jeff Passan tweeted then. like his lawyer was vehemently denied it, and yeah, like well. was like, oh, well, this I woman mean, basically course. was asking for it. Of course, yay! Of course, yeah. your usual discourse, awesome. Yep. But I just. The fact that Noah Syndergaard hates Trevor Bauer with such a fiery burning passion is the most amazing thing in the entire world. I'm screenshotting this tweet because I feel like it might go away. Um, but truly incredible scenes. Meanwhile, check out my book. Oh my God. I saw it. It's like, oh my gosh. Bauer just would have killed everything on this team. Like all the good vibes. All the good vibes. It would be gone oh. instantly. Anyway, I yeah. We'll, we'll, no, let's we'll get talk, back to sorry. walk off. We're not going to talk about Allison. What is must your not be named. <laughs> We're not going to talk about he must not be named anymore. But I just <laughs> needed to shout that tweet because incredible. It's incredible. Um. Anyway, my walk off win is that I went to City Field for the first time in almost yeah! two years Ooh! on Saturday. And oh, that's fantastic. We, we got to see a Jacob Degrom start, and we yeah! got to see a Mets oh. walk off. And it those seats so and those awesome. seats were fantastic. And the seats were awesome. I'm Shout so out. jealous, and I'm very upset I couldn't go. 
shout out to danielle um she bought out the like one of the like um the delta like sky club porches it wasn't like the delta sky club itself although you do have access to the indoor part from where we were but it was like one of the little patios that like overlooks home plate on the field level and it was like the best seats Ooh, okay they took the lead the lead Sorry, sorry to interrupt your wonderful walk-off one. No, yeah, it's a, it's a very good walk-off. But it's it was an excellent walk-off one. <laughs> it was so good, you guys. Like, I just, like, I, I didn't expect, because, like, going into it, I mean, obviously, like, originally the plan was for my very first baseball game since COVID to be at City Field, because we were going to go on May 30th, and then that game got rained out. We went all the way up to New Jersey um, slash New York, and it got rained out, and we were devastated. Um we made the most out of the weekend, but you know, it's still a bummer. But um, so this was actually the first game back, but it wasn't my first baseball game, obviously, because I had been to the games in DC and I had been to one in Baltimore. Um, but it was still my first game at City, which is a different, a different thing entirely, obviously, right? And so I kind of expected to like be emotional when I first like entered the ballpark. Like, you know, when you like go through the tunnel to your seat and you yeah. just like see the ballpark, like it hits mm-hmm. you. And I expected it to like hit me, and it kind of did when I went to the Orioles game because that was my actual first game back that hit me a little bit and I but I was expecting to get like super emotional when it hit me but I think I was so distracted by how cool the seats were because like <laughs> I, I had never been I had never been in any of the like suites or clubs at city because like I'd never sat anywhere that cool I'm usually in the nosebleeds right and so like it, I think I was just so excited by how cool the seats were I was like oh whoa look how close we are to the field look I can see Jake he's right there oh my god and I was just like so overwhelmed by it that I like didn't have time to like be emotional and have it all hit me but then like the first like three notes of simple man played and I almost cried like I just wasn't ready I just wasn't emotionally ready for that to hit and it just hit different like when they started playing simple man I was like so overwhelmed and just so happy to be back home you know like it's just so good did you get narco I can't remember if you no no not in that game I'm very jealous you got Simple Man, though. I'm dying, because I remember... Oh, no, wait, we got Narco. Uh, what am I talking about? We got Narco. He just blew the scene. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I, I remember when everything was shut down last year, I think, uh, like, Simple Man came on the radio, and I just started sobbing. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> Jakey! yeah and now to this day anytime simple man comes on without fail i have to scream shaky (laughs) yeah there's video of me dancing to narco as well um which was Uh, really great it's both of us thank you very much no 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 i mean this time sorry sorry yes there's also video of kellyanne and i dancing to narco in 2019 but i meant on saturday this time okay on saturday video um of me dancing in Arco. Um, but yeah, it was, it was just, and obviously the fact that the Mets walk it off, walked it off was icing on the cake. Um, we saw Jake's quote, worst start of the year, meaning he gave up two runs in six innings, which is like, you know, um, <laughs> terrible, just terrible, terrible awful. He um, was, his average was he ill? Like, Oh, he but raised it was his just ERA so to good. a nice ERA. 
That's true. True. He has a very nice ER right now. But anyway, it was just amazing to be back at City. Um, so that's my walk-off win. That's fantastic. I'm thrilled that you had a good time. I feel like we need to rein ourselves in and get back to this baseball game, which is apparently unfolding. Um, <laughs> apparently, <laughs> well, the Mets are winning for three, which is fantastic. Yeah, they've scored four runs. It's a miracle. Um, so yeah, uh, that does it for the show this week. Um, you should, uh, check out amazingavenue.com. Check out all of our fantastic content. Like I, like I previewed on the show, um, myself, Thomas and Michael wrote an article about the Mets minor league situation, essentially unleashing the exact same rant that I just unleashed to you in verbal (laughs) form. So if you want to read that in written form, um, and of course, Michael and Thomas articulate things much better than I do. So you should read, read it because their writing is in it as well. Um, so you should check that out and as well as checking out all of our other fantastic content game recaps. I have the meters for you every week. Um, that's morning news posts every day analysis, all of that good stuff. Uh, check it all out on amazingavenue.com. Join Kellyanne in the comments. Say hi. Um, and you should follow Amazing Avenue on all the social medias, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Amazing Avenue. You can follow this podcast on Twitter at a pod of their own. You can follow each of us on Twitter. I am at Petite PhD. Where are you, Linda? At Linda Surovich. And you, Kellyanne? At L-R-B-E-L-L-A-R-E-B-E-E. You can also email the show, aa.apodoftheirown at gmail.com. Please subscribe to the show, Amazing Avenue Audio, wherever you get your podcasts. Rate and review the show. It really helps people find it. The original intro and outro music to this podcast is by Bunga. Let's go Mets. And don't forget, there is no crying in podcasting.